Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we chat with Danny Foster, the president of the Canada Institute of Linguistics. Our topic, Bible poverty and Bible translation. So that leaves us today in 2017 with, I'm going to say, 1,700 to 1,800 languages that have a definite need of getting a Bible translation right. project started in those languages. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Isaac, your host. Now, if I asked you the question, what is one of the most important problems facing the global church today, what would you say? I would probably say, you know, lack of pastors or lack of churches or bad theology or a multiple, you know, amount of things. But after talking with our guest today, I'm compelled to put something else on the list that's of great priority, and that is Bible translation. Danny Foster is a member of the Wycliffe Bible Society, where he acts as a president of CanIL, the Canada Institute of Linguistics. Danny's also a PhD candidate at the University of Bristol, so he's a smart guy. But anyways, I so enjoyed our conversation, mostly because it opened my eyes to the real need in our world for Bibles. You know, some of the stats he shared with me were crazy, and I hope I hope you're shocked. Um, sometimes it takes a shock or two to actually awaken us to a true reality. Anyways, here's my conversation with Danny Foster. Well, it's great to be talking with uh, Danny Foster today. Danny is the president of the Canada Institute of Linguistics, and he's also a member of the Wycliffe uh, Bible Translators yes. of Canada. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your day to come to yeah our offices and have a conversation with us about the Bible and about linguistics. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, as we do with everyone we talk to, we, we love to hear a little bit of the humanity and the person behind the voice. Um, so I guess the easiest question is who who are you? You know, family, different things like that, hobbies maybe. And then a little bit more details of what you do as the president of uh, CanIL and what that what that's all about. I am a husband. Okay, good. I'm a father <laughs> of two young boys. Josiah is 11 and Isaac is 9. Oh, nice. They were born on the mission field where we were serving in Tanzania. I grew up in Scarborough, Ontario to Jamaican immigrants. My mom's from Kingston. My dad's from Montego Bay. I have six older brothers. Oh, my so gosh. I'm the youngest of seven boys. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome growing up in that kind of environment. Um, I absolutely love cooking. Okay. That's my release at the end of the day. Really? I go home and I just dive into the kitchen and uh, I go nuts. What makes me tick? Um, I think, I mean, I've always wanted to be in ministry since I first sensed that there was a calling on my life back when I was a teenager. Okay. It took me a while to figure out what that was going to look right. like. Right. That eventually morphed into, to, into missions. But it all clicked for me one day back in 1989. I was sitting in a chapel where I was studying at, uh, at a Bible college in Peterborough, Ontario. Okay. And a guy from Wycliffe came. Okay. Did a presentation and basically just threw some numbers out there that shocked me because I was learning about... Missions from the perspective of, you know, theology is really poor in different parts of the world mm -hmm. and we need to train pastors better and improve mm -hmm. leadership and plant more churches and have more quality pastors. Right. And so that's what I was perceiving as the problem was bad theology right. where, where the church was developing. And so when I heard that there were 7,097 languages in the world... And at that time, it was 1989, and, and over half of them were identified as needing a Bible translation project, so oh around 3,500. Um, I just, at 19 years old, I had this vision that if I live my whole life yeah. on this earth, and when it's all said and done, that 
a language community that never had an alphabet before has one, that never had some stories before yeah. has them, basic literacy, but most importantly, uh, a translation of the Bible or at least the New Testament, yeah. then man, my whole life was worth yeah. living. And I still look back at that that's crazy. Yeah. as a 19-year-old and I think, man, that's a pretty lofty goal. Yeah. And in some ways, that little kind of testimony, you could say what happened there, I, I hope that happens uh, just in our conversation today, because you said it kind of shocked you a little bit, those numbers, you know, yeah. um, because I think you're right. A lot of like myself and a lot of others, um, I think we, we think it is bad theology and just we need better preachers and we still do need that. Yeah. Uh, but it really does come back just to the straight up Bible first, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I'm come. sitting there 19 yeah. years old being taught that people have bad theology. Then somebody comes in and says they don't have the book. Yeah. Nobody was telling me that yeah. in those courses. Exactly. And I just went, well, duh. Yeah. Why if people don't we, have the book, then... Why are we clamping down on these yeah. guys for having yeah. bad theology yeah. when they don't have Bibles? Yeah. Or they're having to read Bible in a second, third, or fourth language. Yeah. And they're just not able to access it. For sure. Like I can. Yeah. So that seemed like a really... Wow. A simple place to start. Yeah. And tangible. Yeah, place for sure. To start so from that point on, that started your journey. Yeah. From 1989 up to now, that's where all your focus is. 28 been. years. I've never looked in any yeah. other direction than See, this. Oh, and I just look around at uh, my peers, you know, and <laughs> our commitment level of millennials right now is just terrible. And I just, when I hear that, that's so encouraging. I think it's important for us to hear that here you are like 20 years later and you're still focused on that one vision that God has given you. That's really cool. Yeah, I love thanks. that. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, it also says that you are uh, a PhD candidate. Yes. So what, is, what does that look like? I love asking those questions because they're usually pretty crazy. But Oh, yeah. PhD candidacy. Yeah. It, it means that I've yet to finish enjoying right, right. this pain <laughs> yeah. that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Yeah, I, I'm a doctoral researcher at the University of Bristol okay. in the UK. I'm doing a PhD in education. Okay. My research is focused on why... Why parents in in minority language communities, and I'm talking about really marginalized communities, okay. the the parents that I'm studying in southern Tanzania in the highlands there, would all be farmers with an right. average of like a standard four, five, or six level education. Right. Um, I'm trying to understand the resistance that they have towards their languages being used in formal education. Interesting. Because the work that we do in language development. Yeah. A big part of that is literacy, yeah. and we try to work with local communities to uh, introduce mother tongue literacy, which is heavily mandated by UNESCO, okay. uh, United Educational, well, I never know what it stands for, yeah. scientific, <laughs> cultural organization, <laughs> sure. something like that. Yeah, I yeah. should know that in my role. <laughs> uh, yeah, scratch that whole PhD thing. There goes the candidacy. Sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, but they, they strongly champion that. But okay. what's interesting is um, in many countries of the world, uh, where development is happening, it's seen as a threat. Yeah. Um, a lot of research has been directed at the policy level and the governmental level. My research is directed at resistance at the community level okay. because they feel like their languages aren't real mm. when they're not written. They have a lot of attitudes about the value of their language for formal education. Right. 
Um, and what you see a lot of happening in the developing world, especially where I worked in Tanzania, is it, it looks a lot like what happened here in Canada, okay. um, I don't know, 100 years ago, sure. our attitudes towards First Nation languages. Wow. We're seeing history repeat itself in yeah. those parts of the world. Tanzania has 126 Indigenous languages, oh my and it's goodness. still illegal. It's against the law to use any of them in, in formal education. Really? Wow. And so while I understand and appreciate, again, some of the perspectives driving certain policies, yeah. I also... Yeah want to give the community a voice yeah, as well, but also sure. understand that voice. So that's yeah. what my research is about. <laughs> now, can you say it again in one sentence? I'm kidding. No, that's, <laughs> no. that's amazing. That's Advocacy crazy. Advocacy for minority languages. There you go. There yeah. you go. That's awesome. <laughs> now, um, CanIL, do you want to just briefly, what is what is this, CanIL? Yeah, so we're, we're an organization okay. that is uh, staffed by Wycliffe Bible Translators okay. personnel, like myself. Okay. And... We exist to train people mm -hmm. to go and serve in Bible translation and language development work. Okay. So we operate out of Trinity Western University and Tyndale University College and Seminary. Awesome. So Toronto and Vancouver. Right. Um, we, across those two schools, we offer two bachelors, two masters, and eight different, um, right. we call them training tracks. Okay. For people who already maybe have the degrees that they want, but sure. just want the specific training to get involved in this type of work. In linguistics and Bible translation, those two. Yeah, so Bible translation really is a part of a broader envelope called language development. Okay. Um, so you can imagine you can't do Bible translation if you don't have an alphabet. Exactly. So you yeah. need to do quite a bit of linguistic research to wow. figure out what an alphabet yeah. needs to look like for a given language what the grammar is, what the spelling rules are, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of research yeah. done at that level. Yeah. Uh, a Bible translation is useless if people can't read it. Right. So you need to do literacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes that's wow. transitional literacy with people who might right. be literate, literate in, um, yeah. in a language of wider communication yeah. or a former colonial sure. languages. It might just be basic literacy, first yeah. time ever seeing their language yeah. in print. You see, that's just so wild to me because coming, like, I'm so blind to all this, which is good. I'm glad I'm talking to you because in my mind, when I think of, you know, countries or let's say language or people with languages that don't have the Bible, my mind just goes, they already have a language. They know how to read, write, all that kind of stuff in their language. So we just need to translate the Bible. Yeah. That, but there's so much more. Like, you might have to actually help develop the whole alphabet, everything for them. Yeah, That's so crazy. just some, some quick statistics for <laughs> yeah, you here. Please, 7,097 yeah. languages spoken and signed on Earth. Okay. So wow. SIL International is another organization that actually, it's an organization we partner with as well okay. to, 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 to do this work. That's the organization I'm with when I'm, when I'm overseas in right. the field. Um, and they're responsible for kind of tallying the languages. They look after ISO, International okay. Standards Organization, 632. Okay. And they set the codes for the languages. So I believe there's 7,097 entries for active languages. Wow. Um, there are, of those 7,097 languages, 636 have a whole Bible. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Now, you say, wow, thinking, whoa, that's horrible. We need yeah. way more than that. But those 636 yeah. serve 5.1 million people. Sorry, 5.1 billion, billion people. Uh, people in the world. Okay. So, so 7 billion people in the world. That yeah, means that... Yeah, so at least, let's say, 70% of the population. Sure. My, my numbers aren't going to add up with the world population numbers here. Right. So that's just because it's really hard to pin down sure, language yeah, no. speakers versus... Yeah populations and countries and sure. getting those data to mesh gotcha. together is really tricky. Yeah. So 636 whole Bibles. Okay. Um, 1,442 
to New Testaments and portions of the Old Testament. Okay, like Psalms or Proverbs or whatever. Yeah, or Genesis or sure. Ruth or Jonah or whatever. Um, 1,145 of those languages have some portions, okay. selections, and, and some Bible stories. Right. 3,874 have nothing. Hmm. There's no known scriptures in 3,874 of the world's languages. Yeah. But still not all of those need to have scriptures. Right. Because people need the word of God. Languages yeah. don't need the word of God. That's good. And some of those languages don't need them. Those language communities wouldn't need them yeah. because there's a handful of speakers left. They're right. all, you know, elderly. Yeah. Um, the language is not being used in daily life by young people or right. in the community for normal purposes. Mm -hmm. And another reason might just be that people are truly multilingual enough. We're not saying they, they can get by, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they are totally capable of accessing yeah. the scriptures in a language that has or will be getting the scriptures soon. Right. So that leaves us today in 2017 with, I'm going to say 1700 to 1800 yeah. languages that have a definite need of uh, getting a Bible translation right. project started yeah. in those languages. That's amazing. And then currently in the world right now, there's about 2,400 language projects underway. Really? That span those ones that have some yeah. um, some portions. Sure, portions or whatever. Okay, so, now you, you talk about pi Bible poverty. Is this obviously what you refer to as Bible poverty? Yeah. People just don't have the Bible. So those people who just don't have the scriptures. Right. Um, I usually walk around with a, a, a blank Bible. It's, it, it looks like a Bible. Yeah, and yeah. Inside it's got just full of blank pages and I'll mm. hand it to somebody and say, show me John 3.16 or show me your favorite verse and yeah. they'll put it up and they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I say, well, you know, that's, that's what it's like. That's the yeah. problem we're trying to address. What wow. are you going to do to help me fill those pages for the people, for the Bible poor yeah. of the world? Yeah. Um, they're people for me who, and I believe every human searches for the truth at some point. Mm -hmm. They're people for me and my Christian worldview, their search for the truth doesn't include the option of finding it. Mm. I've listened to some of your show. Right, yeah. And uh, I love the way that you engage and you get into some controversial stuff. And, sure, And yeah. people are, are tackling those things from the point of view of Scripture. Yeah. That's the anchor. Yeah. Now, you know, there are some points that we're not going to agree on. Of course. Because the Word of God wasn't written to address every right. one of these little, you know, it's not, our, gray areas. It's not yeah. our textbook, yeah. you know. But it is a message of love. It's yeah. a message of hope. It's a message of Christ, of yeah. the cross. Yeah. And people who are Bible poor, yeah. they have, there's no Christ, there's no cross, right. there's no narrative mm -hmm. that they can even engage with right. to address the things. Yeah. I mean, the level where we're at is way up here. Yeah, 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 I hear you. So, okay, so if we think about Bible translation then, what is the sort of, I guess, uh, there's probably more than just linguistics, but what is the sort of the linguistic method or process of actually seeing a people group that do not have a Bible to them having now a Bible? How does that, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a broad question. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. There's probably multiple people that have to there's, be involved yeah, in that. Yeah, there's and... no two communities the same. Okay. Um, you've got, I guess, on one end of the spectrum where you might have, uh, you know, no scriptures, no written language, no, not even any linguistic research has been done on that right. language. There's no alphabet, um, and there's not even a Christian community 
there. So you're like literally starting from square one. Yeah, yeah. You're going in, you're looking for, you know, we never start anything. We always believe that, that God is already there and mm. he's doing something yeah i good. love the story of the israelites marching around jericho yeah. because god was long at work inside yeah. the walls before the israelites got on the outside sure. we see that with joshua and rahab yeah. right that's good i mean this prostitute tells them everything that's about to happen tells yeah. the spies yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so when we go somewhere i mean yeah. god's already there that's good and so you know we're looking for what God is doing and then start fanning the flames mm. on that. So that's the one end of the continuum, I guess, out here on the other end of the continuum. I don't know. I haven't really thought so much about this, but I'm picturing a community that might have the Bible. Okay. We've worked with a community um, that uh, I've personally worked with a community that had had the whole Bible, mm-hmm. but it was all in a container. Yeah, They were in a container. They weren't available on the streets. And if you could get them, the language was inaccessible. It was right. done a long time ago using poor translation um, methods, or yeah. it just had gotten out of date. Yeah. Or and or all yeah, of these yeah. <laughs> people didn't know how to read it. Sure. Yeah. So you're doing this kind of revision, but it's still addressing Bible poverty. Yeah. So okay. and then everything in in between. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's crazy. It's huge. <laughs> so when you were in uh, Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, what kind of work were you doing, like the day-to-day work? So on a random Tuesday, what would you be, what kind of work would you be doing? Well, this was a cool thing. I told you my dream was to serve one language community. Yeah. Well, again, just to stay with the analogy of God is always miles ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. I wound up in my first six years in Tanzania, my wife and I, we were part of an effort that launched 19 Bible translation projects. Oh my uh, those languages are spoken by four and a half million people. So 10 languages in Southern Tanzania, nine languages in the North. We started these two things called cluster projects. Okay. Um, just instead of going out, you know, as individual teams yeah. working in the local communities, we brought communities together in central yeah. locations, right. set up like a translation center type thing wow. or a language <laughs> development center and, uh, started leveraging the similarities between those languages because okay. they were related. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, God multiplied that dream by, by 19 in my first six years. That's my amazing. day in, day out was yeah. a lot of training working with Tanzanian nationals. Yeah. Um, you know, today we, we're not other tongue translators. Right. We're, we, we want mother tongue translators. Yeah. So I don't go in and learn a language and I don't translate the Bible right. for somebody. Sure. I work with locals right. and together yeah. we work out what that scripture needs to, right. to be like. They're, That's so good. Um, together we form a team. Translation requires two cultures coming together. Mm. Just the word itself. Yeah. You've, you've got, you know, this language that you're working with, this text that's 2,000 years old. It's different culture, different time. And now you're in this other culture yeah. and time and bringing them together. So you work together yeah. as bringing your different skills to the table, your your national translator, translation partners, their knowledge of the language, your knowledge in Greek, Hebrew, linguistics, translation <laughs> principles, and you work that out. Yeah. And then there's some tons of really cool computer technology that comes into it. And oh, I'm sure. we train them in that yeah. as, as well. And uh, training trainers, building capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, crazy. it's exciting. Yeah, that it's is exciting. exciting. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, now, you, you briefly talked, we were talking before, and I thought it was kind of interesting to talk about now, but just on the broad topic of linguistics, um, 
which covers, I mean, you could maybe explain a little bit, but then you also talked about this movie that came out, I think, just late last year called Arrival and how yeah. much that it kind of involves linguistics and how much that actually is true to what the work that you do. Yeah, I just watched it last yeah. last Saturday. Everybody's okay. been telling me, you got to see Arrival, you got to see Arrival. So right. um, I, 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 I picked it up on, on demand and rented yeah. it out and watched it with my family. And, and uh you haven't seen it, so I'm going to spoil it for you. You can here, spoil it, but yeah. but <laughs> the whole encounter, the initial encounter, right? That, Alien to Earth, right? Yeah, and, and I forget her character's name, but Amy Adams plays this linguist who's called upon by the government to go sure. in and try and communicate with these aliens. Yeah. And right. uh, the whole experience of them entering the ship. Yeah. My wife and I are sitting there looking at each other going, this is such an amazing metaphor for just going overseas. Yeah. Like the foreignness of what was inside the ship and even right. gravity was rotated by 90 degrees inside. And we laughed at the whole idea of your world getting turned upside down. Yeah. But then how she worked, you know, with these aliens, you know, holding up a, 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 a placard or a sign yeah. and writing something on it and then acting it out and doing it. Uh, I've had experiences where I've done a lot of that with, with people just sitting with them. Um, I don't hold up things because they don't (laughs) read usually, (laughs) but I'll, I'll pick up something and they'll say what it is. And we have these things, we call them power tools. So you just start with the basic, just Mm -hmm. getting words. And then there's ways to move from just, you know, I think you could figure out how to elicit things like rock book, tree yeah but we can teach you at can il how to elicit things like pronouns uh interrogative uh, markers and things like that and more difficult things so that you can actually start to learn a language that you can't just go on google and say how does this work yeah yeah you're you're the one you're the only you might be the first one ever to analyze that's good i love that so so watching that movie and seeing some of those parallels was 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 this is actually what it looks like in real life when we go and do that that's really cool yeah and uh, a guy emailed me a couple weeks ago he's telling me about his daughter she heard a presentation i gave last fall uh, in Portland, Oregon, and then she later on watched the movie and put these okay. two things together. Yeah. And she's actually inquiring and uh, applying to come and study at That's our school. That's amazing. <laughs> I love she it. Says, she says, so I want to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> so thank, thank you, Amy you. Adams. Amy yeah, Adams. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she's the, your rep down in the From the Bible translation <laughs> yeah. movement. Thank yeah. you, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's so good. I love that. Um, uh, Danny, there's, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of our listeners, including myself, I mean, we're busy. Like I, I've just finished my first year of marriage, so I still have that going on. Uh, you know, uh, schooling, jobs, all this other stuff. You telling us that Bible poverty is a real thing and it's, it, yeah, it's very real. What are things that we can sort of do, I guess, um, as busy kind of young adults, Christian young adults, uh, to really kind of make a difference in this area of Bible poverty when we're already so busy, you know, because we've sort of been awakened to the real stats and like the real fact that it's an issue. I'm going to probably just give you the some, you know, the pad answer to that question, give, go and pray. But before I say that, I do Mm want to just say it's challenging um, communicating that this need to people, Mm -hmm. Uh, not only because people have, especially in monolingual parts of Canada and North America where I travel and, and tell people about this, people generally think there's like 50 languages on earth or right. maybe I ask people how many languages and maybe I get 500 at the most. Oh my goodness. Uh, not the 7,097. <laughs> but the other thing is, is I became a couple of years ago kind of painfully aware from the Canadian Bible engagement study mm-hmm. um, 
But there's another problem. We've talked about Bible poverty, but here yeah. in Canada, we're also suffering now from Bible illiteracy. Yeah, definitely. And um, and it just comes down to that Canadians just aren't engaging their Bibles. Yeah, they're not reading their Bibles. Younger people are not reading their Bible like like I don't know, maybe generations before yeah. did. Um, some of key findings from that study, which was led by the Canadian Bible Forum, only 18% of Canadians strongly agree the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, half of Christians. Christians now agree that the Bible has irreconcilable contradictions. Yeah. Um, one in four Christians, 23%, ticked off, strongly agree that the Bible is relevant to modern life. One in four. One in four. Yeah. And six in ten uh, Christians agree that the scriptures of all major world religions teach essentially the same things. I mean... It's just wild to think about, hey? Like, yeah, man. yeah. We're in a really different place with... Yeah what the word of God is. So when I address a group of people yeah. um, in the back of my mind is not everybody I'm talking to. And I probably not everybody listening to this right yeah. now uh, has the same view that right. I, or perhaps you have on the word of God mm -hmm. and its authority. Right. So that even uh, has to come before right. the question you just asked yeah. for me is right. we need to ask ourselves before we ask ourselves, you know, how can we help others? We need to be asking ourselves, what does the Bible mean to me first? It's really good. Yeah. What part of it is in, yeah. is it in my life? Yeah. Yeah. And moving away from knowing about the Bible mm -hmm. to just knowing the Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't have, I'm not afraid of people who disagree with it. Yeah. I'm afraid of people who have never read it. Right. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, I even talk to people who support what I do and they're not believers. They just say, mm -hmm. that book has been such an important part of humanity in our history. Everybody should have a chance wow. to assess it and to evaluate it for yeah. themselves. It's wild. Yeah. And that's blown me away. Yeah. So then beyond that, yeah, pray. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> give, course. Sure. And go. Yeah, exactly. Go to <laughs> Which is what all missionaries say. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, go. Pray, yeah. give, and go. So yeah. I mean, not everybody we know, not everybody can do this. This is niche. Yeah. All right. When I go well, out, it sounds like it. <laughs> when I go out and recruit, I mean, people say, Why do you recruit? You're already, you know, embedded in universities that do recruitment. It's like, yeah, no, this is different than just post-secondary education. Yeah. Uh, I go out and I'm I'm looking for people and my team yeah. are looking for people who maybe they love language. Yeah. Um, there's a, I'm not going to lie, there's a geeky side to this, okay? Okay. This isn't, <laughs> linguistics is not a walk in the park. Sure, yeah. That being said, I was rubbish academically as okay. a kid, okay? I was a <laughs> so solid, there's hope for us. I was a solid C- minus coming nice. out of high school, okay? Come on. And now I'm doing a PhD at the yeah. University of Bristol, a, a top school, yeah. top four school in the UK right yeah. now. Um just found my thing. But, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, there are people out there who say, man, I just love languages. Um, uh, how do I use that in ministry? Yeah. Oh, man, this is how you wow. put that to some serious work with huge touch and impact. Yeah. Cause, um, this is, this is completely changing the course of history for a community. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's not temporary. Yeah. This is an eternal change. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, that's all we have uh, today. Awesome. I wish it was longer, but it was great. Anyways, I just want to say thank you um, to our listeners. All of the uh, information about CanIL and other things, even the stats great. that you said, we're all going to put that on the uh, on the show page okay. so that they can link to all that. But anyways, Danny, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and chat with us about this really important topic. Thank you, Isaac. It's been great talking to you today. 
Again, what I find so important about this issue is the fact that I didn't even understand the extent to which it was an issue, you know? There are hundreds and hundreds of languages that people speak who may not even have the ability to get a Bible translated based on the fact that there's not yet a methodical linguistic pattern to do so. Super interesting. Hey, just so you know, everything we do at InDoubt is free, which means we don't make a profit to support our ministry efforts. Now, if InDoubt is something you'd consider supporting financially, you can totally do that. Just head to our site and click the large donate button. That's indo.ca if you live in Canada and indo.com if you live in the States. Also, if you want to connect with us throughout the week or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can do that as well. And you can also suggest a topic or guest by emailing us at info at indo.ca. And we love getting emails, seriously. And to check out our weekly blogs and other projects we're working on, you can always find us on indo.ca if you live in Canada and indo.com if you live in the States. Anyways, I'm Isaac and this is Indo. Indoubt Ministries is the young adult ministry of Back to the Bible Canada, part of the Good News Broadcasting Association of Canada. For more information, head to backtothebible.ca.